Ephesians 5, verse 18 to 20. I'm just going to read a couple of scriptures just to start off with. And then Colossians 3, 16 to 17. I'm going to read uh, the Ephesians ones from, uh, I think it's the Amplified. And do not get drunk with wine, for that is debauchery, but ever be filled and stimulated with the Holy Spirit. Speak out to one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, offering praise with your voice and instruments. And making melody with all your heart to the Lord. At all times and for everything, giving thanks in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ to God the Father. And then a very similar scripture from Colossians chapter 3 verse 16. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly. Teaching and admonishing one another in all wisdom singing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs with thankfulness in your hearts to God. And whatever you do, in word or deed, do everything in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through Him. Two amazing scriptures. One says, Be filled with the Spirit. One says, let the word of Christ dwell richly in your heart. And I have a desire that I would be a a person who, who, who lets the word richly dwell in my heart. And I chew on the word on a daily basis. That the word, I feed on it, I, I meditate on it. And it, it changes who I am, the word. And that's what the Word does. The Word sets us free. I've been in a house in which my wife is really enjoying the Word. Suddenly she's got into the Word and she's reading it day in and day out. And I can see that it's changing her heart. The Word changes our hearts. So let's be, let's be Sarepta as we end off this year. And maybe you're tired and weary. If you're tired and weary, go to the Word. Let the Word wash you. Let the Word bring life to your bodies. Don't take a holiday. I know it's the Christmas holidays coming up. Don't take a holiday from the things of God. Push more into God. Pray more. Be full of the word. And get drunk. Get drunk. Not with wine. But be filled with the spirit. You know where it says be filled with the spirit. And we're looking at that word. Be filled. It's not a once-off experience. I have a glass here. I'm going to fill it up. I need an extra hand. Milan, will you come? I need an extra hand. Never. Would I make a mess? That glass has been filled. 
That was a once-off experience. Being, being filled with the Spirit is not a once-off experience. It's being continuously filled with the Holy Spirit. It's a day-by-day, moment-by-moment thing. I need a drink. Thank you. If you just stay there and just hold it there, whenever I'm thirsty, I can just get it from you. What it is to serve. <laughs> uh, oh, yes, yeah. <laughs> so I know I've done this before here. No, no, just come to the front. This uh, being filled with the Spirit is a continuous thing. Coming from, from the Spirit, the Spirit fills us. And what does it do? It overflows, yes. And it keeps overflowing. And we keep, we keep, getting, uh, we keep being filled. It's a, and it spills. What is the beauty of it? Wherever we go, they get filled with the Spirit. Now I can have a great drink. Thank you. Thank you, dear. Don't worry. It's only water and it's wet. So a filling can either be a static thing, just a one-sore filling. You can fill a box with sand. Or probably a bit more like the glass illustration that keeps getting filled, keeps getting filled. Probably another illustration would be a yacht. Trenchard Bowden, the yachtsman amongst us. They have those big sails. The spinnaker's out in the front. What, is this, what does it need? What does it need? It needs the wind. It needs continuous wind. You and, I, you and I need the continuous wind of the Spirit in our lives, pushing us along, permeating us, uh, making us go faster. We need the Spirit. To guide us. So we, you and I, what do we need to do? We need to be dominated. We need to be influenced by the Spirit. You know, when Jesus was baptized, He just, He, he was then led by the Spirit. Where did the Spirit lead Him to? It led Him to the desert. To be tested. I would have thought when I get full of the Spirit and I'm full of Jesus, life's going to go well. But possibly that's not true all the time. Sometimes we go out and we get tempted and, and tested. And again, Jesus in that, in that situation, what did he do? He quoted the Scriptures. So he was full of the Word and full of the Spirit. That's what I want to be in everything, in whether I live, whatever I do. And that's what you need. CEOs of companies, that's what you need. You need to be full of the Spirit and full of the Word. So, are you driven by God? Are you full of the Spirit? Are you being filled continuously, day by day, moment by moment, saying, Holy Spirit, come. Let's not quench the Spirit. Let's not restrict the Spirit. I think Eileen said something. Faith 
is not faith until it's obedience, until you're obedient. That's when it becomes faith. Let's be led by the Spirit. Let's be, let's be obedient to what the Spirit is saying. So it might say phone number 89 or phone number 88 or, or whatever. That thought might come into your, into your heart. Test it. Test everything that comes into your heart. But let's be a people who are full of the Spirit and full of Jesus. So that scripture says, do not get drunk with wine. That's the starting point. And then it says, be filled with the Spirit. And the world that we live in, I don't know whether you know or you realize it. I think sometimes we live in a quite a closed uh, little bubble. We go from here to church, maybe go to work a little bit. But, but we, 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 live in a, we live in this little Christianese bubble and we go to house church on Tuesday night and we, we actually don't realize what is happening in the world. We actually don't realize the hopelessness that there is in the world. That the world is in a desperate place. And what do they do? What if, yeah, they drink. They go to a happy hour. Happy hour. And happy hour, they usually give you like uh, two drinks for the price of one. Because they actually know once you've had two, you'll probably have three and four and five. Uh, so so they, they, it's not because of their generosity. Let's say they want to make a few bob out of you. Don't turn to alcohol. Don't turn to the things of the world. And probably if uh, Paul was writing today, it would be to cocaine and all the, all, the, all the different drugs. Don't turn to that. I know I've, I hear in, in terms of the, uh, the upper highway area, there's, there's a house which uh, somewhere in this region, it's a safe place to do things like cocaine and drink and you can, you can all go, if so you can go along if you just want to just chill out and space out and, and just get lost and let the problems of the world grow, grow strangely dim. Uh, <laughs> you go to this house and for a little while you get lost in that. But the consequences of that leads to death, it leads to destruction. The consequence of being filled in Jesus is life. Abundance, fullness, peace, yes. So what is the fundamental, one of the fundamental meanings of being filled with the Spirit as we, as we look, at, at look at life is if you are filled with the Spirit, what is it that I can see in you? What is it that I can see in you? And it is joy. It overflows, and the scripture talks about it. It overflows. If we go back to the, to the original scripture, being filled with the Spirit, and then we sing, and we make melody in our hearts, and we, we, we are full of joy. Why? Why do we do that? Because we know the salvation of our God. We know that He saved us. We know that we have life. We know that we have hope. We know that we are loved. And therefore we have a joy, a deep joy within us. A deep joy.
So what happens when people go to the pub? You get, and they've had too much to drink. You get these little people like me, who now think I can take on the big giants in the land. The big giants in the land. It's me who can't sing, will burst into, burst into song and, and, uh, yeah. In my heart there rings the melody. You know, you know. <laughs> so, so, so I will, I will sing, which uh, I only really do uh, in the shower or when there's people around then my voice is drowned out. So that's what there's, there's, there's a joy where it comes in. There's a boldness. There's a boldness that when we're full of the Spirit and we're full of, when we're full of alcohol, there's a boldness. So there should be a boldness to, for you and I to preach the gospel. So the fundamental meaning of being filled with the Spirit is being filled with joy that comes from God and overflows in song. In Acts chapter 13 verse 52, the disciples were filled with joy and with the Holy Spirit. The connection, coupled on the tote, joy and full of the Holy Spirit. And they needed to be full of the Holy Spirit. They needed the joy because of what they were going through. They were going through persecution. They were being thrown into jail. They were being whipped and beaten. And because of being full of the Spirit and full of the joy of God, because of that, they preach the gospel with boldness. We know the strongs. We know the, we know the scriptures. The joy of the Lord is your strength. If you are lacking in strength today, joy is the thing that will unlock that. We are commanded to be full in the Spirit. Full of the Spirit. Who did they chose? Who did they choose? They chose Stephen, a man full of faith and of the Holy Spirit. And they chose Barnabas. So it says of Barnabas, it says, he was a good man, full of the Holy Spirit and full of faith. Are you full of hope? Are you full of joy? Are you full of Jesus? Are you full of the Spirit? Romans 15 verse 13 says, May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing that by the power of the Holy Spirit you may abound in hope. Do you want to abound in hope today? I'm sure if I, you know, all the hands, I want to see all the hands up. I want to abound in hope. Yeah. I want, uh, what a great altar call. I'm, I must become an evangelist. May the God of hope fill you. So that's, that's Paul's prayer. May the God of hope fill you. With what? With joy and peace. What the world needs more than anything else, it needs joy and peace. 
And how does that come? In believing. So as you and I believe the scriptures, as you and I believe what the word says about us, as we believe whose we are and who, how, how we are in him, as we, as, we, as we know that and understand that, and we has, as our identity is, is secure in that we are children of God, what flows from that? Hope and joy. Hope and joy. That's why we have to be people of the Word and the Spirit. Because as we read the Scriptures, the Scriptures just, just encourage us and build us up. And so to be full of the Spirit is the most amazing, wonderful experience. To be full of the Word. Romans, at least, sorry, uh, Ephesians 5, 18, right on to, verse, to chapter 6, verse 9. He actually shows how the Spirit's filling affects you. So let's have a look at how the filling of the Spirit affects you. Verse 19, it says, you'll speak in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs. Verse 20, you will give thanks. You will submit, verse 21. And then as we start chapter 6, it will affect how... You are in your home. How you treat your wives, how you treat your husbands, how you treat your children. It will affect how you are as a slave as you go off to work. It will affect the, employer, the employers, how they employ you. This being full of the Spirit is not about just about a, an experience on Sunday morning. Where you feel the presence of God, where you... Where you, it's for, it's for Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. It's for, for Blue Monday. What's it? Who is it? Uh, Ryan Matthews was preaching the other day. And we, there should be no Blue Mondays. There should be no Manic Mondays. Definitely no Black Fridays. It should be just you and I going out in Jesus in the fullness of who he is, in the fullness of what he's made us to be. That's what we, we, we're required to, to go out and do. And he wants us to be full of joy. He wants us to be happy. I know happy is quite a, it sometimes seems to be just related to the circumstances. But he wants, he came that we might have life in abundance. But who's going to be the source of your happiness? Who's going to be the source of your joy? Is it going to be Jesus? Is the Holy Spirit going to be your source? Is the Word going to be your source of encouragement? People want to be happy and that is okay. God is not a cosmic killjoy. He doesn't go around looking and saying, Oh, there's someone having fun. Let's get them. He wants us to enjoy life to its fullness. You know, when he preached from uh, the Sermon of, of the Mount, 
he began by saying this at, at every sentence. He began by saying, happy or blessed or blissful is the man, is the person, is the woman, is the child. Happy, happy. Happy is the one. Happy is the one. Happy is the one. And it goes on to call some quite tough things. It goes on and says, happy is the one who's being kind of persecuted. Blessed is the one who's being persecuted. The Old Testament says, and I think we sing a song like this, a merry heart does good like medicine. A merry heart. A merry heart. We don't have to take all the pills. We need a merry heart. God wants you to know this joy. He wants me to know this joy. My joy I give unto you. That's what he, we don't get any old joy. We get the joy of Jesus. Let's live in that joy. You know, Paul writes, rejoice in the Lord always. And again, I say rejoice. Even at the, we're about to come into the Christmas season and, and at the birth of Jesus, there was great rejoicing. This is where there were good tidings of great joy. We need our joy to be rooted in Jesus, to be rooted in the word, to be rooted in being filled with the spirit. Because if you remember the scripture in Habakkuk, though the fig trees should not blossom, though the springboks lose again, Though the rand takes a dive, though the political party that you didn't vote for gets in again, though the produce of olive fail and the fields yield no food, the flock be cut off from the fold and there be no herd in the stalls, yet I will rejoice in the Lord. Yet I will rejoice in the Lord. I will take joy in the God of my salvation. God the Lord is my strength. He makes my feet like deers. He makes me tread on high places. Now that's a scripture which is like kind of tough. Anybody ever been through a tough time? And uh, it's not a scripture you want to, you kind of turn to, you think, oh gosh, that's for somebody else. That's for some special saints. You know, Paul and, 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 and then when they're thrown in Silas and they're thrown in jail, they rejoice in jail. My gosh, I get some negative news and I get grumpy and I get, uh, yeah, I get down and I get, uh, if, I, if I'm not connected to, to, to Jesus. And so Habakkuk says, I will take joy in the God of my salvation. So where does your salvation, where does your joy come from? It comes from the, from the joy of his salvation. I love the, uh, the message version. It says of this, though the cherry trees don't blossom and the strawberries don't ripen, though the apples are worm eaten and the wheat fields stunted, though the sheep pens are sheepless and the cattle barns empty, I'm singing joyful praise to God. 
I'm turning cartwheel, cartwheels of joy to my Savior God. Counting on God's rule to prevail. I take heart and gain strength. I run like a deer. I feel I'm king of the mountains. I love that. I'm king of the mountains. Why? Because of God. Because we, I'm counting on God's rule, His reign in every situation that I face. So Greg, unbeknown to me, asked you to say things about being thankful. And that is the key to life. To being thankful, to to have an, uh, an attitude of gratitude, to be thankful. I think it was Graham Cook wrote, Gratefulness maybe humanity's most underestimated devotional tool. Psalm 100, verse 4, 5, and 7. Enter into his gates with thanksgiving, and into his courts with praise. Be thankful to him, and bless his name. If we're thankful, what happens? We come into his presence. Our thankfulness opens his presence to us. So when we sing songs at the beginning of the service, it's not just like winding up us, trying to get us into a place of, uh, of okay, now we can hear the word and, and that. It's not that. It's that when we're thankful, when we sing a melody from our hearts, worship is not about the songs we sing. It's about our hearts. It's about what's in your heart. So we need to be singing. We need to be entering his gates with thanksgiving. Be thankful to him and bless his name. For the Lord is good. Why? This is why we can be thankful. The Lord is good. I want you to say to that today. The Lord is good. The Lord is good. All the time. Yeah. (laughs) Not only is he good, his mercy is everlasting. And isn't that wonderful? Because you and I need mercy and grace. We need it to be everlasting. And His truth endures for all generations. Thanksgiving, what Thanksgiving does to you, it does to me, is that it helps us to focus on what we actually have in Jesus. We can overcome the worries and cares of this world by learning to constantly thank Him. My father came to Jesus when he was 72. And for some reason, he only lived for two or three years after that, he had a little book called Thank You, Lord. And every day he would write in that little book, Thank You, Lord, for fishing. No fish. Thank You, Lord, for supper with Ellen and Mary Ellen. That's what he would do. Let's get practical. Why don't you every day as you wake up, write something in a little book. Or as you're going to sleep, write something in a little book. Thank you, Jesus. Because it changes our outlook on life. And we have so much to be thankful for. 
I want to land this and we're going to sing and worship. Somebody said, I'm convinced that the single greatest act of personal worship that you can render to God is to be thankful. It's the epitome of worship. Not stained glass windows, wonderful musicians and music, not even sitting and singing great hymns and great songs. But the single most magnanimous, the highest, the best and ultimate in worship is to have a thankful heart. That's the key. Do you have a thankful heart today? Ryan Matthews was preaching on during the week. And one of the things just really spoke to me is, was about our identity. And I know we've heard it over and over again of who we are and whose we are. But you and I need to go out and it will eat into each day knowing that we are loved. Hallelujah. Yeah, <laughs> there's one who knows. There's one who knows he's loved. There's one who knows he's loved. Do you know today you are loved? You need to know that. And you need to know that every single day you need to know. That you are loved, not because of anything you've done, just because, hey, my father loves me. So when I go out, and I've got to do something in the day, like today I have to preach. And you know, we all, if we, we sometimes very insecure as preachers, we want to know how it went. That shouldn't be on my, on my radar at all. Because as I got up this morning, I was loved. I am loved. I'm still loved. And tomorrow I will still be loved. Whether this went well or not. I'm still loved. So if somebody comes and says it's, yeah, that went well. And I think, oh good. But there are some times when nobody says anything. Fortunately, my wife is very kind. But she does, yeah, yeah, she's very kind. <laughs> she's very kind. So as you go out this week every day, I want you to know that you're loved. And I want you to, and I want you to go out with joy. You go out with joy. And we're going to respond to the, the, the word today. We're going to respond to the scriptures. We're going to respond and worship now.